Welcome to Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes mini-podcast series featuring the Maggid of Melbourne, Rabbi Dr. Levy Cooper. Throughout this series, the Maggid of Melbourne will be taking us on an exploration of synagogue architecture and what makes physical space fit for sacred action. And now, here's the Maggid of Melbourne himself, Levy Cooper. This is Levy Cooper coming to you from Tzor Hadassah. While preparing this series about the laws, the halachot of building Batei Knesset, the architecture of shuls, we heard about the terrible tragedy in Turkey, the earthquake that struck there. And it's hard to talk about building when we're seeing so much destruction. The images and the numbers are just overwhelming. I'm sure that uh, I'm sensitive to it because of my many years of service as an educational advisor to the Jewish community of Turkey, of Istanbul. And as some of you I'm sure are well aware, at Pardes, we had a lovely partnership where a group of Pardes students, together with me, would travel and work in the Jewish school and spend time in the community over a very meaningful week. So our hearts go out to all the people in Turkey, uh, those people who lost loved ones, those who are still looking for them, the injured, physically, mentally, we wish them all the best. And this podcast is dedicated to them. Not far from the epicenter of the earthquake, there's a small community in Antakya. It's about 300 kilometers south of the epicenter. And this small community is an ancient community. It's actually mentioned in the Talmud by the name of Antochia or Antiochia. And it goes today by the name of Antakya. That's where the King Antiochus, famous from the Hanukkah story, that's where he uh, was based. And as I'm sure you heard, the uh, Jewish community in Antakya lost the head of the community and his wife. The Torah scrolls were transported to Istanbul, and my colleagues in Istanbul tell me that the synagogue in Antakya, which was built in 1890, was damaged but not destroyed. There are visible cracks in the walls, and as I'm recording this podcast, we still don't know whether there is structural damage to the shul. There's a shul that's actually even closer to the epicenter epi in Gaziantep. Uh, there there is, hasn't been a Jewish community since the 70s, but the uh, Beit Knesset was refurbished and is open to visitors, or at least was, before the earthquake. So thinking about the Beit Knesset in Antakya and the cracks in the walls, I thought that it might be appropriate for us to ask, what happens when there is a crack in the wall of the shul, some structural damage, 
and we need to repair it. Who needs to cover the cost of that repair? I think we can divide this into three different cases. If there's damage done to a shul by an individual, so that individual must uh, pay for any damage that he or she caused. Even if it's the first time or it was an accident, the rule is in Jewish tort law that a person is liable immediately. Adam mu'ad le'olam. Person is, uh, needs to be aware that they could cause damage. And therefore, if a person, for instance, broke a chair in a synagogue, whether even if it was accidental and uh, unintentional, nevertheless, that person needs to reimburse the shul. A second case would be if a child, a minor, was to cause damage, someone under bar or bat mitzvah. Now, normally speaking, such a child doesn't have uh, responsibility for damages that uh, they cause. But the question in this case is that perhaps the children should have been under the supervision of their parents. Now, the parents don't have to bring children to uh, the synagogue, and when they do bring them, they are certainly responsible for looking after the children. And therefore, if a child, someone under bar or bat mitzvah, caused damage to a shul, then the parents would have to pay. This is the law that we learn from the Mishnah in Bavakama. The Mishnah talks about uh, talks about sheep that have been uh, put in their pen and locked up. If they manage to get out and cause damage, then the person who locked them up, the owner of the sheep, is not liable. But if the person who put them in the pen didn't lock the door properly and then they caused damage, then that person, the owner of the sheep, the drover, is liable for damages. And the, uh, <clears throat> the Mishnah continues that if the drover gave the sheep, entrusted them into the hands of a minor or someone else who is in some way is incapacitated and then they went out and caused damage, then the owner of the sheep, the drover, drover the one who's responsible for the sheep, is liable because that person should not have entrusted the sheep in the hands of a minor. So we can see <coughs> that the responsibility for a minor is on the person who brought the minor to shul, or in the case of Bavakama, who entrusted the sheep into the hands of the minor. The third case is what about damages that are caused by natural events? That could be an earthquake. It could also be um, inclement weather, or it could just be wear and tear over time. In these cases, it would seem that there is no tort visa. There's no person who actually caused the damage. Now, I should take a small step back because there is a possibility that the building was not built according to uh, accepted rules, and then the builder or the contractor would be considered as to have been negligent, and that builder or contractor would have to pay for the damages caused. 
But what about if the building was built according to all the requirements and there wasn't any negligence and nevertheless something happened to the shawl, there was some type of damage. There's a crack in the wall because of an earthquake or that water has started leaking in because through the roof. According to halakha, it depends what type of damage or what type of repair is required. If the repair is a necessary repair, then we can force all the community to pay, each person to pay his or her share for the repair. But if the repair is not a necessary repair, but it is a repair for aesthetics, it is for the beauty of the structure, then we can't force the community to pay. Now, I know what you're wondering. Well, who decides if the repair is necessary or it's just to beautify the building? Certainly, there are those people who would say that making the building look nice is necessary. The Arucha Shulchan Rav Yechiel Michal Halevi Epstein, in his magnum opus, the Arucha Shulchan, a t- early 20th century codification of Jewish law, he says that that would be dependent on the decision of the Beit Din, of the religious leadership, and the religious leadership would have to decide, is this a necessary repair or one that is just for to beautify the, uh, the building? If it's necessary, everybody has to pay, and if not, then we wouldn't be able to require everyone to pitch in. I want to add, before concluding, one other law that's connected to the structure of buildings and uh, earthquakes. That's the law of lo ta'amod al dam re'echa, that a person should not stand by idly when they see a fellow in danger. And that includes that we're not allowed to build buildings that are dangerous. And if we do build any structure, it needs to stand according to the various uh, safety guidelines that experts have outlined. In fact, the Rambam, when referring to this law, Lota Modal Damre Echa, he says that this is an extremely important law, and he reminds us that uh, that every individual is a sacred person, and if we lose even one person, then we've lost an entire world. And yet, if we save one person, then we have established an entire world. I can tell you that here in Sur Hadassah. And I'm sure that our building in Pardes as well will be built according to the Tekken 413, the standard here in Israel that buildings must be able to withstand earthquakes. I'm told that this is a high standard because of our proximity to the Syrian-African fault line. And that is something that 
we will do and we will make sure that we receive uh, the, the appropriate um, approval from the authorities. I'll conclude that may we share good news in the future and may we be strong together. That's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beat Midrash! Thank you for joining us for Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes podcast production featuring the Magid of Melbourne, Levy Cooper. If you like what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Follow us on your favorite streaming platform or subscribe to our newsletter to receive Pardes Torah direct to your inbox. Thanks for listening.